You're listening to Life UPC Richmond Hills Audiocast. Oh, hallelujah. Praise the Lord. It is good to be in the house of the Lord this morning. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. We have been talking last, uh, well, a couple weeks ago, we were talking about uh, how to maximize our blessings in 2023, right? Amen. We were talking about how we can maximize our blessings in 2023. And and uh, and last week we were talking about uh, that we got to um, come out from among them and be separate from the world. Amen. And today I want to talk to you guys a little bit about uh, uh, <clears throat> becoming the man or woman that God has called us to be in 2023. That's what I would like to do. I want us to become the man or woman that God has called us to be in 2023. Praise God. Hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. And in doing so, in doing so, I had asked Brother Conway if he would tag team with me today and and come and minister a little bit about his thoughts on becoming the man or woman that God has called us to be. Praise God. So I'm going to ask that Brother Con- Conway come on up and, and take this mic, or he's got his own mic, don't you? And just go ahead and uh, minister to us for a little bit. Hallelujah, everybody. Oh, I'm sorry. Praise the Lord. That's the right one. Praise the Lord. I was still singing on. I'm sorry. I'll tell you what. The spirit in this place, I know I said it earlier during the offering and announcements, man. It is contagious in here. It's intoxicating. It's like the air is just filled with this. I don't know how to explain it, but it's just I can't I can't think. I can't speak. My mouth wants to just start worshiping and start praising God and just telling people how great he is and I want to open up that door and turn the mics up a little bit louder and start preaching to the neighborhood. But God is good all the time, and all the time God is good. That, that I don't know if that will ever get old, and that's, that's an old saying that we use now, but, you know, it's, it's so true how much it means to each and every one of us. So y'all have to forgive me today. I, this message here is going to be a little bit different because... When Pastor had asked us to tag team, and he told us the title that he wanted us to do, it was Becoming Who God Has Called Us to Be. And I'm thinking, I got you, Pastor. I can do this. I went home. You know, I studied. I prayed. I'm like, I'm going to fail my pastor. There is no way I'm going to be able to think of a message that is going to embody the title because I mean what is becoming who God has called us to be I mean we're all called to be in the church we're all called to go to heaven we're all called to be saved that's that's our that's our gift that's our our purpose in life God wants us to have a relationship with him and I used to think for many years that was it okay sign me up I'm going to heaven I'm done but there's more more to it than that so um, I know there's an order of things, guys. Uh, I'm about to probably break, break preaching 101 here, but we're actually going to read the opening scripture in a little bit. So um, y'all are all welcome to go ahead and sit down now. I am going to go ahead and ask if the pastor will pray for the service, though. 
Oh, Lord, we pray right now, God, that you just have your way in this place, Lord God. We pray, Lord, that your anointing <clears throat> to be upon each and every one of our ears in this place, God. Let your anointing be upon our minds, oh, Lord. Let your anointing be upon the speakers this morning, oh, God, that, that you may minister through them, oh, God, and minister unto us, Lord. Lord God, we praise you, we thank you, and we magnify you in the mighty and powerful name of Jesus, we pray. Amen, amen. Thank you. So, you know, what do I say, where do I even start whenever you're trying to come up with a message? And so obviously the first thing I always do is I pray. I know that anytime we are stuck, we should pray. The Bible even talks about how is the first thing you should do is talk to the God. Well, how do we talk to God? We pray. Now, I know prayer in the Bible tells us how we're to pray to God or what we're to say to God. But to me, God created me for who I am. For many years, I tried to be somebody that I was told to be or had to be or wanted to be. But God made me who I am. So if you guys don't like what I'm about to say, I'm sorry. It's God made me this way. But when I talk to God, I kind of sit down and have a conversation with him. I'm like, God, I'm stuck. I don't know what to do. You know, pastor said he wanted me to do a message on becoming who, is, who God has called us to be. And I, don't, I, I honestly thought I knew what you wanted me to be, but am I truly doing what you called me to be? So I prayed, and I prayed, and I prayed. Nothing. Nothing came to me. I'm like, okay, well, what's the next thing I can do? I went to the Bible. I read my Bible. And guess what? Nothing came to me then either. I'm like, this is going to be harder than I thought. I was like, what do I do now? You know, I began to reflect on where God has brought me from. That's usually always a good place to go to because the title of the message is Becoming Who God Has Called Us To Be. And if anybody knows who God has called me to be, it should be me, right? I mean, I think I know what God wants me to be now. And again, God brought something to me at that moment and that time. And it was the hardest thing I think I've ever felt from God because it was something that had happened to me in my past. And we don't like talking about our past. Nobody likes talking about their past. In fact, you guys have probably heard me mention the dark days. Um, and I call them that because they were the darkest moments of my life because it had such a great impact on me. So I said, God, surely that's not what you want me to talk about. There's got to be something else. He says, no, I think it's time. He said, in order for you to become who I've called you to be, you have to be able to let go of what you went through to become what I need you to be. And so I was like, I have never told anybody these things ever. I mean, I have, there's some stuff that's happened to me that I don't even know if my mom and dad, they'll hear it today, but I don't even know if my mom and dad have heard me say it. And I'm like, God, this is really hard. And, and, and it's amazing when we are put in a place sometimes, God has a purpose and a reason for everything. There are people in the Bible that I can say honestly did some pretty hurtful things. Paul, he killed people. But look at who he became. Look at what God called him to be. He murdered possibly family members. We don't know who he killed. It didn't go into detail, but he was killing people of his, his person, I mean, his group, his, um, I don't say ethnicity, I can't think of the word right now, but his, his friends, his people he knew. He possibly sat down and had dinner with some of these people. We don't know. So God said, tell your stories. So when I was 13 years old, my mom and dad decided to take me out of a private school and put me in a public school. Um, the prices of the private school were getting up 
they had to make a decision which public school do we put them in. Lots of countless decisions went into it. They decided Effingham County. So I was 13 years old. I got thrown into the public school system. Now, mind you, the private school I was going to was a Christian school. And in the Christian school, if anybody has had any hearings or sayings, we, there's some things you just don't do in a Christian school. Well, guess what? In the public school, they do them. And some kids approached me up one day. And uh, because I got little ones here, I'm just going to try to use some innuendos because I don't want them to hear some of the words. But they asked if I liked a certain type of sex, the uh, same sex. And I said, I don't know what that means. What, what does that mean? And they said, oh, are you a faggot? And I said, I don't know, understand. The kids immediately thought, because of me trying to divert from the question, that I was one. So then the marking, the tagging, the teasing, the bullying, it got worse. Kids wouldn't talk to me. They isolated me. They would gang up on me, and they would beat me up um, to the point where I would be jumped in the stalls because they thought I was a fag. Back then, the word we're using now is not the word they used then, but it was a really hard time because I knew I didn't like that. I knew that that was not what I wanted to do. I knew that was not what I wanted to be. But the kids were so harsh and so cruel that at one point, I hit a very low, low time in my life, and I attempted suicide. I had a tie in my bedroom, and I put it on the frame of my bed, wrapped it around there, and I had it on my neck, and all I had to do was just lay down and go to sleep. But there was a tugging in my heart, and someone was speaking to me. At the time, I didn't know who it was. I thought to myself, maybe it was just my conscience. I didn't quite understand. Well, I had the Holy Ghost. And I was baptized in Jesus' name. At that time, I did not know what it was that was tugging at my heart, but God spoke to me in this whole process, and he said it was the Holy Spirit protecting you. And it was because of that protection that I didn't do it. I didn't give in. I didn't give in to defeat. I didn't give in to the temptations. I didn't give in to the world putting me down because of a misunderstanding that I didn't know. And, and, and I'm thinking in my mind, I was embarrassed. I mean, I was, I was teased to the point to where at one point I started to believe it. I started to think, maybe I am this person they say I am. Maybe this is the route of my life. I, I, I started having insecurity. I started having self-doubt. And, and when any girl would come and talk to me, I would do whatever I could to make everybody know, oh, yeah, I'm talking to this girl right now. Yeah, yeah, you see me with the girl. You know, I mean, I'm holding her hands. And, and, and God knows that the whole time I was doing it, I was doing it because I was trying to show somebody who I was, but I wasn't that person. It even led me to the point to when the first woman that batted her eyelash at me, I wanted to snatch her up. I wanted her to be mine because I wanted to prove to everybody that, hey, I'm not this person you see I am. So I was not forced into marriage, but in the back of my mind, I knew if I did not take this opportunity, I may not have another one because of what I went through. And I was so terrified that I was going to live alone and be marked a faggot. I started looking up in dictionaries, trying to find certain things and ways to prove to them that I wasn't who I was. I started to try to show them that I wasn't this person. I started to stoop down to their level to become what they wanted me to be. I would do things with them that would lead me into possibly almost getting 
I mean, I'm very thankful I didn't get arrested because there were things I did to prove. I was just trying to prove to these kids who I've never talked to since that day. I've never seen them since that day. But they wanted me to become this figure because they said that's what I was. But God had a plan, and God knew there was a reason for me going through this. There was a purpose for God doing it. I know people think, oh, my gosh, Russ, that's kind of cruel to say that God would let you go that route. Well, I was young. I didn't know the Bible then like I do now. I still don't know the Bible now. I mean, I'm learning the Bible every day, and, and I'm learning what God's trying to show me every day, but I didn't know then. And so the whole time I'm going through life thinking, you know, this is the norm. Maybe everybody else goes through this. You don't know. You don't think. You don't want to tell nobody. Could you tell someone, what are they going to think you are? They're going to start judging you. Well, they're going to judge me. They may even tease me, may even pick on me, may do other things. When I got into the marriage, I was insecure in my relationship with God. I was insecure in my own relationship with my marriage because I had so many mixed thoughts and feelings of what the world said I was. And I didn't listen to what God said because I lacked the maturity that I needed to have. So then the alcohol came in. The alcohol came in. I was weak. I wasn't strong. At that time, there was some wrestling going on with my flesh. My, my marriage at that time was not in the church. She was doing everything she could to get me away from the church because she was running from something of herself. We were both mixed up in some things that we probably should not have even been mixed in. But unfortunately, because she had her past and I had my past, we did what we thought was the best thing at the time. So the alcohol came stopped going to church, and the whole time my heart was just aching because I knew I wanted to get closer to God, and the whole time I was getting closer to him to become what he wanted me to be, my marriage was forcing me to go this way, where it wanted it to be. The insecurities in my heart from my past had left such a huge divot in my heart. I was trying to shovel the sand in my heart when someone was trying to dig it out, and it was a constant battle. It's like you're being pulled from both ends. And, and anytime you're in a marriage, communication is key. Communication is key in this relationship, too. I mean, we are his children. We are married to Christ. We took on his name. But the problem is you can't serve two masters. You can't serve two gods. I don't care what people think and say, but there's no way you can serve three gods because, for one, one would hate one and one would hate the other. We would be pulled left and right, front and back. How would we know which way to go? One God says, go do this. One person says, go do that. Before you know it, you're like, you know, I mean, how do I focus? How do I, how do I even do what I got to do? So I've served two masters before. I put my marriage before God. And that was not what God wanted. I know husbands and wives, we think that we're supposed to put our wives first. The Bible says put God first. And you put your marriage second. Oh, my gosh, but Russ, you don't understand. If I don't give my wife everything she asks, you're miserable. I know. I know because I used to do that. I used to give in to my wife and what she wanted me to do. I used to do everything to make her happy all the while I was miserable the whole time because I wasn't doing what he wanted to do. I thought that I had hit the darkest day of my life being in my marriage, insecure, dabbling in stuff I shouldn't have been dabbling in, going down the darkest of darkest roads, thinking to myself, if I die right now, I'm not going to even go to heaven. 
I mean, I know I was baptized. I know I had the Holy Ghost, but I wasn't living for God. I was a big doubt in my life, and I would pray, God, please save my marriage. God, please save me. God, please come and help me out. Make me better. Make me who you want me to be. Who do you want me to be, God? That was my prayer all the time. And I kept thinking he was ignoring me. God, who do you want me to be? I yelled, God, who do you want me to be? Dead silence. Because you know what? I think if he'd have come down and told me what he wanted in me, I wouldn't have listened. I wasn't at the right place. I was not at the place God wanted me to be at to listen. This next part that I'm about to tell you guys, I don't want you to think that I'm saying God caused this or that God orchestrated this in any way, but things have happened since then now that I know God was involved in this. But my ex-wife came to me and said she wanted a divorce. Y'all have heard me tell you all this story before, and a part of me was, it's sad to say, relieved. One part of me was happy. And I, I, I think I hold that back so much because I'm thinking, how can I be happy that my marriage is over? But the struggle that I faced in that marriage was splitting me into two. It was pulling me into directions I didn't want to go. And I asked God to save my marriage. And I, I think I've even shared this with Pastor and, and Bishop. Whenever the divorce came, I said, I asked God to save my marriage, and it's destroyed. What's up with that? Why would God destroy my marriage? Why would he put me down further into the dark road again after I'm already kind of deep down dark as I was? I asked Bishop. Bishop said, you know, things happen. You can't do nothing about it. I prayed to God. I was trying to get back into my Bible, back into a relationship with God, back to the point where I felt like I needed to be because I wanted to be there, not because I had to be there. And God spoke to me in a small, still voice at that time and said, I didn't break up your marriage. I just gave her a choice. And she chose what she chose. And you made your choice of becoming who you need to be because that's what I want you to be. Now, I'm not saying that God condones divorces, guys. I'm not saying that at all. But God gives us a choice. And every day we have a choice that we make. Do we serve God or do we serve the world? You can't serve two masters. We've already decided that. Who is it that God was wanting me to become. I went to Bishop and told him, I said, Bishop, I am so confused about this whole thing. I prayed to God, and he's telling me that he gave her a choice. I can't force her to stay with me because that's just not going to happen. Imagine how bad that would have made me feel. So then God finally got me through that whole process. I started diving back into the Bible and started reading the Word and praying. And... I thought to myself, I said, God, you know what? I'm done fighting this. I'm done going through this process that I went through. I said, I want to be infatuated with you. I want everything about my life to be evolved about you. And then God finally told me something last night when I was praying and coming up with this message today. He said, it's about time. He said, this whole time, You were going down this road and this path. You weren't doing it alone. I was with you. Through every mistake you made, I was with you. Through every single situation, I was there. But guess what? I didn't hear the call. I didn't hear that call that God was giving on my life because I was too consumed with what the world wanted me to do and not what God wanted me to do. Now, I know what you're thinking. Russ, what does this have to do 
with becoming who God has called us to be. Well, what I was feeling God is wanting me to tell you guys is that becoming who he has called us to be is doing the very thing that is in that title. And like I told you, trust in God, and when he calls you, answer him. Don't worry about what you've done before that phone call. Don't worry about what you've been through, because I can tell you right now, there are plenty of people in this Bible here who have had bad decisions made, and God still used them. We are peculiar people for a reason, and if you guys want to meet a peculiar person, I'm right here. I cannot, they, hey, they don't come more peculiar than me. They don't. I'm going to finish with this and let Pastor come up, but I want to turn to the book of 1 Peter chapter 2. This is my opening scripture. Pastor's been talking about this for the last three weeks, guys. I have read this scripture so many times. I've heard Pastor read it so many times, guys, but guess what God told me last night? But ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, and holy nation, a peculiar people that ye should show forth the praises of him who hath, it's kind of called you out of darkness. No matter what your darkness is, no matter what you're going through, God will call you out of that darkness. He will put you onto his marvelous light. He will groom you into what you want to be if you answer the calling in your life. I don't know about you guys. I'm tired of hitting the ignore button. I want to answer the call. I am looking forward to what 2023 brings in my life and your life. And I pray each and every day that the darkness you're going through, I will be right there with you guys helping pray you through. Because you know what? I've been there. I've seen it. I know what happens. And guess what? The Holy Spirit will deliver you out of it every single time. God bless you guys. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Glory, God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for delivering us out of that dark place, God. Thank you, Lord. God is so good to us. He is so good to us. And, and we all have our story. We all have somewhere where we were, where God delivered us out, that dark place that we were in. Everybody goes through that. And, and I'm just thankful <clears throat> that God is there always calling for us. And and, and we just got to answer the call. Praise God. Hallelujah. Become. I want to become who God has called me to be. And let me tell you something about becoming who God has called you to be. You talked about it. You weren't quite sure what it was. What, what does that mean to become where God has called you to be? Let me tell you something. You never, it never ends. It never stops. You, it's a continuing process. You're continuing to grow into the person that God has called you to be. It should be, it should be a continuing process. You should grow stronger and stronger and closer and closer to the Lord every single day. Amen? <clears throat> and that's what it's all about. Praise God. Becoming who God has called us to be. Uh, one of the scriptures <clears throat> that I used last week, or it might have been the week, I think it was last week. It, it was from Matthew chapter 22, verse 14. And it, it says, for many are called, but few are chosen. You see, God is calling us in this place. Think about it like this. Think about it like this. I, I, I said this on the men's prayer group the other day. I was reading uh, I was using this scripture, and I said, think of it like this. If your uh, favorite uh, sports team, professional sports team or college sports team or they, for guys or, or maybe for ladies, it could be something else. But just, just think about this. If they, if, if they called you up on, on the phone right now, 
And they and they said they said, look, brother Caleb Warner. Well, they wouldn't say brother for one thing. They say, look, Caleb Warner, we we want you to come and coach uh, this basketball team, whatever your favorite team is, and, and we're going to pay you a lot of money, and we want you to be the future coach in fr- of this franchise, and and you're going to be the face of the franchise. How ecstatic would you be? I mean, you would be like, really? I'm going to be the representative of this team. I'm going to be the coach of the future. I'm going to get paid good. I'm, and they're going to, I'm, what a blessing. You would be ecstatic, right? Or whatever it may be. It doesn't have to be sports, whatever it is. <clears throat> Somebody called you and offered you the best job to represent that company. You would be ecstatic, am I right? Everybody here would be ecstatic, I, I'm sure. And with all the benefits that you would get from it, I mean, oh, my goodness. But think about this, the most high king, the one and only true God, the creator of the heavens and the earth and everything in between has called you to be a representative for you, for him, to represent his kingdom. He has called you, not just not just some franchise uh, uh, owner or, or whatever it may be or some job, but the king of kings, the one and only true God has called you. Praise God. How much more should we be thankful for that? Praise God. It tells us many are called. God's calling a lot of people, but only a few are chosen. He has chosen you. Praise God. Hallelujah. He's chosen us. Thank you, Lord. He's chosen us. And I want to become the the man that God has chosen me to be, has called me to be. I mean... Does then everybody want that? I mean, we all want to become who God has called us to be. Praise God. Thank you, Lord. Now, in doing so, there are several things that we must do to become who God has called us to be. But I want to share with you three very important things that will help you to become who God has called you to be. So first thing I want to talk about this morning, and it goes right along with Brother Conway. He didn't see my notes, but the first thing that's very important in becoming who God has called you to be is to overcome your past. Overcoming your past is very important. Very important. We've got to overcome our past because we were in a dark place before God has called us out of that darkness. And it could play a, a hard toll on our lives. And sometimes temptations come our way. And, and, and man, the past always tries to pull you back down to where it was. You see, and that's the enemy, the devil. The enemy, well, there's three enemies. We have the devil, our flesh, and the world. Well, all three are in enmity with God, and all three are trying to pull you back away from God and back to that place where you were, that darkness that God had pulled you out of. All three of them are trying to pull you back there. But can I tell you that God is always with you and never will never leave you nor forsake you. It tells us in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13, There hath no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. Temptations happen to everybody. I don't care who you are, it's common to man. 
temptations, your flesh and the world, and the enemy is always going to tempt you and try to pull you back into the darkness that God has took you out of. And you've got to be careful. You've got to always be on watch because the enemy, the devil, is like a roaring lion who is walking around and about seeking whom he may destroy. And he's trying to take you back. And you've got to be on guard. You've got to understand that God is with you and that he will never put, he says, it says, there had no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. But God is faithful. God is faithful. Who will not suffer you to be tempted above all that you are able? There will be no temptation put before you that you are not able to overcome. That's what God is saying. That's what God's saying. Now, the closer you are to God, the closer, the more and more you read his word, the more and more you pray and commune with God, the easier it becomes to overcome that temptation. But if you're not prayed up and, and you're not studied up and, 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 and that when the temptation comes your way, you might slip up. And we don't want that. We want to become who God has called us to be, which is this direction, not going back that direction. But will with temptation, he says, also make a way to escape. Always makes a way to escape. You always have a choice to say, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to go back to that. I'm not going to do what I used to be, do to what I used to do or be who I used to be. No, I'm not doing that anymore. I know the temptations are there and, and they're always thrown at me because the enemy's all around. But I know that God is with me and I know that I want to serve him. I want to become who God has called me to be. It says, but will with temptation also make a way to escape that you may be able to bear it. Praise God. Thank you, Lord. I want to become who God has called me to be. And like I said, it's a process. I, I have come a long ways, yes, but I'm still not to the point that God wants me to be. I will always be growing in Christ. And that and we've got to understand that first and foremost. We've got to understand that first and foremost, there's not a stop point. There's not, there's not a point where you say, okay, I'm, I've, I've grown enough in the Lord. I'm good. So now I guess I don't need to study my word as much. I don't need to go to church as much. It doesn't work like that. You're always constantly growing and, and learning and, 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 and following after the Lord because if you're not, the temptation's going to draw you back down to it. I mean, think about it. The king of kings has called you. He, he is God, and he's called you right now for a time such as this, just as Esther, right? He has called you right now. It tells us, in, in Psalms chapter 139, now I'm using the NIV version, it says, it tells us that you were created in, it says, you created my inmost being, God, my innermost being, God. You knitted me together in my mother's womb. Think about this. God himself knitted you together in, in your mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully 
and wonderfully made. Let me tell you something. It doesn't matter what your past says. It doesn't matter what people used to try to tell you that you were. Let me tell you something. You were fearfully and wonderfully made. Praise God. It doesn't matter the tags that other people put on you. It doesn't matter the labels they tried to put on you. You were fearfully and wonderfully made. It says, your works are wonderful, and I know that full well, God. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place. When I was woven together in the depths of the earth, your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. Praise God. Thank you. He knew. He knew that he would call you to this place and this time today. He knew that, that you would be called into his wonderful and glorious light, his ministry. We've got to become who God has called us to be. In order for us to become who God has called us to be, we've got to let go. We've got to overcome the past in, in order to become where God wants us to be. Praise God. So that's the first thing. You must overcome the past. Don't let the past define who you are. Be defined by God. Be defined by who you are in Christ. Thank you, Jesus. The second thing, the second thing in, in becoming who God has called us to be in 2023 is we must, and I talked about this before, and when talking about um, our blessings in 2023, I spoke about this before, but this is important for here as well. But we must love and obey God's word. We must, first of all, you've got to love God. You've got to love God with all of your heart. It has to be in here. It can't be an outward appearance thing because it's not. It, it, if it's not in here, you're not going to truly obey God's word. It has to be in your heart. It tells us in Romans chapter 12, let love be without dissimulation. It says, abhor that which is evil, cleave unto that which is good. In other words, hate what God hates, love what God loves, because the things that God hates is evil. The things that God loves is good. So hate what God hates and love what God loves. That's what we have to do. And if we truly love God with all of our heart, mind, body, and spirit, we will want to love the things that he loves and hates the things he hates. And we will want to please him and obey him and obey his word. Praise God. In John 14, uh, 15, I spoke about this a couple weeks ago, too. If you love me, keep my commandments, God says. Do you love him? Do you truly love him? Is it truly in your heart? Because if it is, you will obey his commandments. But if it's not, then you won't obey his commandments. It's got to be in your heart. It'll show up somewhere. First Samuel Chapter 12, verse 24, only fear the Lord and serve him in truth with all of your heart, it says, all of your heart. For consider how great things he hath done for you. Think about how great the things God has done for you. 
how good God is to us. He has been so good to us. Think about the things that he's done for you, where he brought you from and where he's bringing you to, the darkness that he brought you out of and the marvelous light that he has brought you into and the things that he's done for your family, the provisions that he's provided for you each and every day. We got to think about these things. We got to think about how he provides for the church. He blesses the church every day. Thank you, Lord, for giving us this opportunity to praise you and worship you openly. We don't have to do it in secret. Thank you, God. Thank you. How great is God? How great is he? Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. First Corinthians chapter two, verse nine, it says, but as it is written, I have not seen nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for them that love him. God has a lot of stuff prepared for you if you love him. I'm here to tell you, you want to become who God has called you to be? You got to love him with all of your heart, and he's got great things prepared for you and your ministry. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Now, the third thing, the third thing, and like I said, there's many things that we must do. Um to become the person that God has called us to be. These are just a few important ones that I wanted to share with you today. And the third thing is, and, and it's it's funny how this worked because uh, Caleb talked about it this morning in Children's Church, and he didn't know what I was preaching about today. And I actually talked about this to Titus the other day. But <clears throat> we've got to be faithful. If we want to be come who God has called us to be, we've got to be faithful. And I'm talking about faithful and everything. And what's the definition of, of faithful? I, I I looked it up. It's kind of hard to explain what being faithful is. I mean, you know what it is, but how do you explain to a kid what being faithful is? Because I was thinking about that um, when Caleb was doing children's church and we were talking about being faithful and I was thinking, man, do they really understand what being faithful is? And, and, and I was trying to come up with a good definition. Well, I looked it up uh, since then I looked up, uh, and, and, and for the most part, uh, most of the definitions are all the same. It, it says remaining loyal and steadfast, Remaining loyal and steadfast. So I'm thinking about that, and and that was one of the things that words I use loyalty. Um, but I was thinking, man, how hard would that to be to explain for it to a kid as well? Do they understand what loyalty is and steadfast means? No, probably not. We know what being faithful is, and and we we understand it, but it is kind of hard to explain it. So I want to share with you a few other words that I I, I thought about when I thought of faithful. Um, when I think of faithful, I think of unwavering, unwavering. Nothing will stop you from doing what God has called you to do, doing what God has asked you to do. Nothing will stop you. It's unwavering. Another word is devoted. You're devoted to God. I'm devoted to what God wants me to do. I'm devoted. Another one is reliable, <clears throat> reliable. We've got to be reliable. When God asks us to do something, we should do it, right? I mean, that's a big, important part of becoming who God has called us to be. We've got to be reliable. Another one was trusted. 
We've got to be, in, we're entrusted. God has entrusted us. He's entrusted us to his kingdom, to be a representative to those around us. God has called us for these things. So when I speak of faithful, we got to be faithful. We got to be faithful in, in, in our giving. We got to be faithful in, in, in our actions, the way we treat others. We got to do it as God wants us to do it. In our giving, uh, when, we, when we give, we should give with a cheerful heart. And, 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 and be obedient to God's word. He tells us to tithe, we tithe. And he tells us to uh, uh, give alms, we give alms. It's being obedient to his word. It's being faithful. Amen. We got to be faithful to his word. Being obedient. Praise God. We talked about that uh, uh, for over the past couple weeks as well. And, and not only that, but, but being faithful in attendance, in church attendance as well. And I'm, I'm getting ready to close here because I know there was two of us speaking, but I just got a couple more scriptures, so maybe a few more scriptures. Bear with me. But it tells us in, in, in Luke chapter 16, verse 10, he that is faithful in that which is least is faithful also in much. Now listen to this. Listen to this verse very careful. He that is faithful in that which is least, he, in other words, he that is faithful in the little bit, a little bit that he has, <clears throat> in the little things that he has, all, he is least, is faithful, and it says, is faithful also in much. So if you're faithful in the little bit that you have, then God will entrust you with more so that you, because he knows that you will be faithful with the more that you have. Amen. And that kind of goes along with um, <clears throat> giving alms to people, right? If God can trust you to have this much money and, and you could give some alms to people and help other people out, he'll trust you. We always say, remember I, t I talked about this not too long ago when we were talking about tithing offering. I talked about how we say, oh, man, Lord, if you could just let me, uh, we don't play the lottery, but let, let me uh, come into uh, – uh, 20 million dollars lord let let me inherit let's put it that way lord just give me 20 million dollars let me inherit 20 million dollars we say and then god then i will be able to help and bless others but right now god i don't have nothing let me tell you something you got more than somebody else and if you're faithful in what in the little things in the little bit that god has given you he will bless you and much more, right? And it's like tithing. It's like tithing. God says it's the only place in the Bible where God says proof. He says, test me. Test me. Only place in the Bible where he says test me. Only thing he says test me about, right? He says, test me. Give your tithes. Give your tithes and see if I won't bless you that you can't even, you can't even contain the blessings. Praise God. Why not test him? Why not? Why not? Prove to him. Thank you, Lord. But it says, he that is faithful in that which is least is faithful also in much. And he that is unjust in least is unjust in much. Thank you, Lord. Proverbs chapter 28. It tells us, verse 20. A faithful man or woman, a faithful man or woman shall abound with blessings. Listen to that. A faithful man shall abound in blessings. 
See how important it is to be faithful? You get blessed when you're faithful. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. And I'm like I said, I am promised I'm getting ready to close. If someone wants to start playing some altar call music, I got just a couple more scriptures to go over. <clears throat> but we got to be faithful. It's important. Faithfulness is important. So first, first key thing that I pointed out, we've got to overcome our past. In order for us to become who God has called us to be, we've got to let go and overcome the past. Not just let go, but overcome it. Amen. Overcome it because temptation's going to go come your way all the time from your past. And guess what? You've got to be an overcomer if you want to become who God has called you to be. The second thing was you must love and obey God's word. We must love God and his word. If we love him, we will love his word because God is the word. Praise God. <clears throat> and the last thing is be faithful. We've got to be faithful in, in, in our giving. We've got to be faithful in, 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 our, in our actions, the way we, we treat others. And, and we've got to be faithful in the word. And we've got to, to the word, uh, uh, obeying it. Amen. And we've got to be faithful in, 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 in our attendance. That's important as well. Um, you've got to be dependable, remember? God wants to use you in many different ways. And sometimes I'm going to I'm going to be like, uh, can, brother, can so and so, can you do this? Can you can you speak to us this Wednesday or, or something like that? And and, and I'm not going to do that if, if you're not faithful to your attendance, if you're not going to if I don't think you're going to be here, I'm not going to ask you. God's the same way. God's the same way. If you're not faithful and showing up when God asks you to show up, then he's going to stop asking you. But being faithful in your attendance, it tells us in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 22. I'm going to read, yeah, verse 22. I'm going to start at 22. It says, let us draw near with a true heart. First, we've got to draw close to God. Let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast, let us hold fast the profession of our faith. Let us stay true and keep walking the path, right? Without wavering, it says. Unwavering, that was one of the words I said, unwavering. For he is faithful that promised. Let me tell you, God is faithful in his promises, we must be faithful to him. And then it tells us in verse 24, uh, and let us consider one another not to provoke until, uh, let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another and also the much more as you see the day approaching. Thank you, Lord. We've got to be faithful in our attendance as well. Amen. Praise God. I know that sometimes you get sick. Sometimes you got to work and there's all kinds of stuff that comes up. But when you can be at church, you should want to be at church because you love church. You love God, right? And not only church, but 
but but in in activities, the things that God has called us to do, when we go out and, and and do outreach, or when we go out and do the nursing home ministry, God has called us to do that and minister there, and whatever it is, we've got to be faithful in what God has called us to do, because if we are faithful in the little things that He's called us, He will give us greater things. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for listening to Life UPC Richmond Hills Audio Cast.